uncovering the truth is unsettling and may leave you questioning yourself or even an institution. An institution so big that anyone who goes against it could unfortunately be digging their own grave. My name is David Holt, and this is Led by Inequities. Hello, or should I say howdy? For those of you who are not familiar with Texas A&M culture, howdy is our go-to greeting. So, howdy. My name is David, and I am a current junior at Texas A&M. And in this podcast, I'll be talking about the hidden stories of people of color on our campus. Texas A&M University is a product of the Morrill Act of 1862. 2,416 acres were granted in the Brazos Valley to create a college known as the Agricultural and Mechanical College of Texas. Serving the state as an institution of higher education and military training, A&M only opened the doors to white males, which was common at the time. They did not grant access to African Americans or women until 1963. Since this monumental decision was made by General Earl Rutter, former president of Texas A&M, A&M has become a place in which people of different backgrounds, genders, and ethnicities can further their education. However, the inequities on campus did not come to a halt, nor did A&M serve as a college that celebrated and enabled diversity amongst its students and faculty. With a population making up only 3% of the student body, black individuals are traditionally overlooked. Only a little over 2,000 students out of the 70,000 on campus are black. Some may not see an issue with this number or even care to understand the truth behind it, but me, a white male, does. So much that I started this podcast. Texas A&M being minority white, large classrooms may be intimidating to people of color. Sitting in a lecture hall of 400 students and you're the outsider. Imagine that an outsider that's supposed to be one of them. And when I say one of them, I mean an Aggie. However, when the system that is consistently trying to uphold tradition, the inclusion of minorities is pushed to the side. On today's episode, I was granted the opportunity to speak with Lauren Chapman, a class of 2022 psychology major. Lauren is an extremely high achieving student with the ambition to be the voice heard all across campus, a voice that resonates with people of color, women, and Aggies. She was graciously sharing with me her experiences and how she faced adversity in a place that she is supposed to call home. You'll get to hear snippets of her story here on this episode today. Lauren and I's chat does begin with her background as an Aggie and the experiences that she had on her journey to a degree. I think this is super important to really shed light on, you know, all of our different experiences and what really makes us Aggies, um, you know, especially as a woman of color. I came in, I actually am a second generation Aggie. And so, you know, I wasn't a stranger to, you know, the climate on campus and, and really being in certain crowds where, um, you know, I'm the only one who is a woman of color. But um, with me, I came in, I actually entered and went right into um, fish camp, of course. For those of you who don't know, fish camp is a way in which incoming freshmen learn the traditions of Texas A&M. And in all reality, the first sip of the Kool-Aid you get as an Aggie. And the Excel conference, which is a way to connect with um, you know, older, older Aggies on campus as a young freshman coming in as just a person of color, right? So being a woman of color, especially, I connected to like-minded, um, you know, women of color on campus that kind of helped me 
you know, and guided me through my whole entire time here on campus. And so, you know, with me, it's just something that you have to, of course, get used to. You're going into large um, auditoriums. You're going into classrooms where you genuinely might be the only one. Um, you, you might even be the only person of color. And in fact, the only woman of color, a black woman, especially. So it's like really being able to, to adapt to that. And I've, of course, had to do that my whole life. But especially here in Aggieland, I wanted my impact to be where I'm giving it right back to other women of color that, that step on campus immediately. So after I was really, you know, settled in and found my ground and found those who inspire me, I immediately started to, to give back the same. So it is challenging in a lot of areas, but in a lot of areas, it's, it's very rewarding. Although Lauren's experiences her freshman year seem similar to those of other freshmen, where you're just trying to find yourself or even your friends, she did face the inequalities of being a woman of color in a setting in which diversity is lacking. In this next clip, Lauren dives into her welcoming from her professors and her peers in the classroom. As far as the welcome piece, there are several of organizations here on campus that do, um, you know, really cater to and, and address the experiences of people of color. Um, as far as university goes, I think that it was a lot of my doing that um, really acclimated me to this space. Um, there are there are a few things that are done. Um, I think that there definitely could be more as far as just the the welcoming aspect and the kind of the uniting factor between those you know organizations that are specifically just for people of color or women of color and the university as a whole. Mm. So there's several of you know initiatives that are happening. Of course, that I was behind that I even led at some point, but. Um, you know, it, it's welcome to a degree, right? And so, you know, as someone who is ambitious and who is energized and ready to get back, and, you know, that's me, but there are also other people who might not be as, you know, extroverted or might not be as, as willing to acclimate themselves into the space. And so that's when the university comes in. And I think there could definitely be more of that. I asked Lauren to elaborate on if it was more her doing to feel comfortable on campus rather than Texas A&M. And how? Truthfully, I feel that, you know, we all set up our, our college experience. And so, more specifically at Texas A&M, coming in, I knew, I actually knew what I was up against. I knew the demographics. I knew that I was going to be, you know, looking like the only person, um, you know, that, that looks like myself in, in big auditoriums, in my classrooms, walking down to class. And so, with that being said, um, I integrated into my spaces that I knew would um, welcome me with open arms and then some that I weren't. You know sure about and so I think that that's something that you have to do there's a lot of things to take advantage of but then again it's a big campus and I do see how someone can get um, you know swallowed up and if you don't you know go and, and seek out um, you know the certain organizations or certain events that celebrate diversity celebrate inclusion then you will feel lost and you will feel like you're um, kind of on the island by yourself and so that's what I mean by for me I knew that I can't go without you know seeking those resources and I hope and I pray that other you know students of color will be able to to have that same drive to go get that because sometimes it's not right in front of you you might not hear about it you might only see what's around you and that can be discouraging a lot of times Lauren will then go on to describe why she chose A&M over other universities that do celebrate diversity. Knowing that it, it was a PWI, knowing that that's my experience, um, even previously, you know, in high school and in elementary, I mean, I, it, it, that's just what it was. But um, hesitation is more coming from 
what other people say that don't actually go to the university, right? So there's a lot of stereotypes that go along with, with our beloved university. And, you know, sometimes that, that is tough to hear. And that is tough to have, you know, maybe friends say, you know, good luck down there or just little things that make, make you feel uneasy. Um, and so of course there's going to be that everywhere, right? There's going to be people who don't, you know, welcome others that don't look like them everywhere. So that didn't bother me from my previous experience. Um, but I can't overshadow the experiences of those who, you know, came in and, and heard these things and, you know, they weren't used to, um, not seeing people like themselves and so that is hard and that's a hard adjustment and I think that even with me coming from high school um you know there was predominantly white coming from middle school there was predominantly white I still you know you, you still look around and it's it's overwhelming you know diversity should be yearned for at an institution the size of Texas A&M and Lauren agrees and refers to the demographic numbers on campus here in this next clip. I, I want to shed some light on something too, David, is that, you know, I, I love that, that statistic right there, but to be honest with you, what we have to look at is how that statistic hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. And my, I, like I told you, I'm a second generation Aggie, and so it's very discouraging to have even my parents, you know, feel some type of way about how, why hasn't this demographic changed? So it, I really want to, to shed light on that is that there's no progress in that sense. Um, I do believe that there are progress uh, areas, but that is one that, that hasn't changed. And so when we look at that number, it seems, you know, that always seems like a big number, but when you put it up against the amount of students on campus, it's just not. And I'm going to be honest with you, I would love to see the breakdown of that number when it comes to, um, you know, how many, how many are athletes? How many are, you know, coming here, for, you know, student leaders? How many? Because when you look at that, then, then you see that number really shrink. Um, and so that that's really important. I, I think it's a discouraging number, and um, I hope that it, it would continue to, to rise. The numbers that Lauren is referring to in the last clip are the demographics that I shared earlier in the episode, being the 3% of blacks on campus. You hear these experiences from Lauren and the discouragement of these demographics, and you begin to ask yourself, well, what can I do? Good thing is, Lauren, she did answer it for us. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, representation is key and so what I would really recommend is you know who, I don't care who you are you know if you're somebody who appreciates you know different um, different experiences if you're someone who appreciates and sees the beauty in diversity and inclusion then you need to do your part whether that's you know in your organizations if you're on an officer if you're an executive board let's see people who who represent um, you know the campus on on the board right let's see people with different experiences on that highest level of your organization um, you know let's see you partner with organizations a part of you know NPHC, which is the um, National Panhellenic Board, um, you know, Council for, of course, minority students like myself, but more specifically, um, Black Greek letter organizations. Let's see you partner with, you know, Excel, who welcomes in over like 200 minority freshmen. Let's see you partner with, um, you know, different, different events on campus, you know, Latin night, like, let's, let's see that combination and not so, you know, separate. Let's not just say, okay, that's the DMS, you know, that's where, that's the Department of Multicultural Services. Let's see that, you know, combined with, with other, with other entities on campus. And so, you know, things like, you know, running for anything as far as the government, student government, we want to see the leaders really talking about what diversity and inclusion means to them and how they're going to, you know, implement that into 
you know, their role on campus. And that can go with anybody. I keep talking about student leaders, but that can be anybody. You know, you really want to just greet everyone with a smile and really understand that there's so many different experiences around you that should be celebrated. Lastly, Lauren leaves us with some advice, something that not only incoming freshmen need to hear, but those who are currently on campus in their spheres of influence. Get involved. You know, that's my main thing. Get involved. And obviously, you can see what sticks with your interests. But also, um, leaning in and realizing that you can't do anything alone. That regardless, right? Whether that's your classes, whether that's, you know, your organizations, everything, everything runs like a machine. And so you really have to lean on somebody else. Um, and you have to lean on people outside of, you know, that circle that looks like you, right? So, you know, if I'm coming in, minority student, I don't want to just, you know, tie myself to only, of course, um, you know, minority organizations or, you know, the comfort of that. I, I want to go out. I want to, you know, have my voice heard in different spaces. And so I just say to, to really tap into that bolder part of yourself, um, get involved. Um, you can't do this alone and really just take in everything because it really does pass you by quickly. So coming off of Lauren's words, how can we make a difference? How can we instill change where change has never been made? Volunteer, connect, start a friendship, well, change starts with you and your bubble. Despite being one out of 70,000 students, you can be an activist and become an agent of change starting simply with understanding and acknowledging the inequities on campus. With this podcast and hearing Lauren's story, we are becoming witnesses to something that is bigger than us, but not stronger. In the next episode, I'll be interviewing a community activist. So join me next time on Led by Inequities.